You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. We're going to talk some football here in segment one and then in segment two. Um, we'll discuss some TCU basketball news and we'll wrap up with, uh, man, TCU baseball, just a rough, rough week so far. Dropping games on Tuesday and Wednesday to ACU and UTSA. Um, not great for the Frogs and the Diamond as they prepare for West Virginia on Friday. But first, talking football, and I wanted to mention a couple of players that we've heard some buzz out of fall camp, out of spring camp, excuse me, and just what it might mean for this year. And I'll start with Marcel Brooks. And Marcel, I, I, I mean, so I, I used to host a show with um, with a guy named Q, and he was a legend, right? Like, uh, Q was just the best. And he always had this saying um, about particular players where he would call them Bigfoot because they had a lot of potential and they would pop in practice, and, but they would never really show up in a game like he called um Rashad Perryman this he used to call him Bigfoot right like he was just a guy that would have great great moments in practice he'd come to camp he'd look the part everybody would be really excited but then when the actual games started he wasn't really a factor and I know that's kind of a disparaging term I don't mean to you know level a lot of criticism at Marcel but I just mean to say He's a former five-star recruit. He's someone that fans ask about a lot. Um, People were obviously excited about him when he came over from LSU uh, as a defensive player. He played defense his first year in 2020. Wasn't really on the field a whole lot. But, you know, you sort of just chalk that up to COVID year, weird situation. And then in 2021, they moved him over to wide receiver. And the thought was, okay, Let's just use his athleticism on another side of the field. Maybe this will be a better fit for him. It wasn't a great fit um, and still had issues there. And now they're moving him back to the defensive side of the ball and moving him to a linebacker. But he's been impressive in camp, according to you know Jeremy Clark from Horn Frog Blitz. I know um, he had uh, a forced fumble on Saturday in the open practice that had his teammates going crazy. He's just one of those guys that you hope can put it all together, but he hasn't done so yet. And, man, I mean, this would be huge if he could become a factor on the defensive side of the ball. You have a new coordinator now, a new coaching staff. It's kind of a clean slate for everybody. Um, Can they find a way to use his athleticism, to use his ability to benefit this team? Because if he's allowed to fly around and make plays and be a playmaker – um, then that would be a huge asset to this group because they don't have a lot of those guys on defense. That was something, you know, one thing about TCU under Gary Patterson was the defense really was predicated on splash plays, you know, causing negative plays, putting teams behind the chains. Everyone's trying to do that, but TCU really emphasized that because they played a lot of man coverage. They took a lot of risk. They, um, you know, put their players in situations where they were kind of on an island and had to make big-time plays. So you, you were going to give up some big chunk plays. And on the other side of that, you need to make sure uh, that you were causing negative plays and causing turnovers. And they really didn't have anyone last season that could get that done. Um, so maybe Marcel can 
slide into that role. And that would be hugely beneficial to this team. Obviously, that's going to take some work. It's going to take some effort. It's going to take him understanding, um, you know, the new system, understanding what he needs to do. But I just think if you can find a way to get him on the field making some of those splash plays, then that could really benefit a defense that honestly is probably going to give up a lot of yards this year. Like just based on the personnel they have, based on some of the shuffling around they're having to do, um, how do you offset that? Well, you offset that by creating turnovers, by having guys that can go get the football, that can make plays, that can cause negative plays. And I think Marcelo Brooks with his ability can do that. But he has to, um, you know, be around, be available, be consistent, and that'll be the challenge for him. The other player that's made a lot of noise, um, and on Saturday he got a scholarship as Gunnar Henderson, and he is a walk-on, a transfer from Incarnate Word, um, played his high school ball in the Valley, uh, not a super well-known name, but, uh, again, another player that seems to really have the support of his teammates. You know, multiple guys mentioned leading up to that scholarship offer, hey, we really like to see – him get on scholarship. He's known as a great route runner. I saw Albano um, Eze, former left tackle for the Frogs, said on Twitter the other day, he's one of the best route runners in college football. You just don't know his name yet. Um, so another player in the slot. I imagine under Sonny Dykes in this new offense, we're going to see the ball spread around a lot. And you already have some guys that can make things happen on the inside like Tay Barber, like Darius Davis. You have uh, players on the outside that you're excited about. Quentin Johnson has done it um, well for two years now. Excited about Quincy Brown and what he can bring to the table this year. Um, Savion Williams, and you know, another season under his belt, trying to get bigger, stronger, better. Um, this is a receiving core that even though there might not necessarily be a ton of you know, returning production, it's an exciting group. And if Henderson um, can be in that fold, then that would be big. You know, the, this this is a team that really hasn't had um, sort of a safety net on third down for a few seasons. I think Tay Barber's played that role at times. I think, funny enough, like Blair Conright's been a guy that's done that. He seems to make big-time catches when he does get the football. Um, but Henderson, could he be that type of player that type of receiver that could get to the sticks that could you know um open up that intermediate passing game and give this team some more diversity rather than what they've been doing the last few seasons which is a a lot of kind of bubble screens a lot of easy passes and then trying to go deep off of that off of that some of that action so those are some players i'm excited about or that have made some waves caused some buzz in spring camp when we come back we'll discuss the latest on mike miles um a future TCU Horn Frog gets a big honor and uh, TCU baseball yikes we'll discuss all that next all right segment number two on uh locked on Horn Frogs your daily TCU podcast and uh the big news in the TCU basketball world on Wednesday is that Mike Miles is entering the NBA draft um he put out a statement thanking TCU fans saying he was going to pursue his dreams, chase his dreams of playing in the NBA. And multiple people have asked me, and Andy Swain asked me this on Twitter yesterday. He said, um, you know, does it sound like he's coming back? The statement sounds like he's gone. So uh, he can maintain his eligibility. I mean, even if he hires an agent, there's rules now where you can come back. There's a deadline to basically say, you know what, I don't 
I, on second thought, I don't want to do this. I don't like the feedback I've gotten. Um, that does not sound like what Mike Miles is planning on doing right now. Uh, it sounds like he's gone, which congratulations to him, one. Like, Mike changed the program this year along with guys like Eddie Lampkin and Emmanuel Miller and Mike Peavy and so many others. Um, he did some really great things for TC basketball. And the fact that he was a local kid that came here and stayed for a couple seasons and played just fantastic and gutted out some injuries, really proud of him, really happy for him. I am a little surprised that he seems to be completely shutting the door on coming back to school. I mean, I thought he would enter the draft, um, and he should. He should put his name in the uh, – you know, he should put his name out there. He should get some feedback. He should see where he's at. He should definitely um, get a grade. I just figured maybe he would be a little more open to coming back to school simply because the mock drafts I've seen have him right now is either like a late second-round pick or not even on the board. Now – uh, Colin Post, who covers TCU basketball for TCU 360 and uh, for Hornbrog Blitz as well, he made a good point yesterday. He was like, that's subject to change potentially now that people know that Mike is officially going to the draft. You know, they can evaluate him more closely. And I could see that. Um, but it is a little strange to me that he's not, I mean, he's not like a consensus late first round pick or even a consensus second round pick at the moment that could definitely change based on his workouts based on um as colin said like people just kind of evaluating him more closely now that he's officially in the draft uh, i'm just a little surprised that he's kind of shutting the door on coming back but that's totally his choice and he, i'm sure he has better intel than us um so he might be getting feedback from scouts that's like oh yeah you're for sure a draft pick um, you know, get your money now, get your opportunity now. Uh, and he's going to represent TC really well, I think, in the NBA and during this process. Obviously, you know, a big hit for this team is not completely unexpected, um, but he was the leading scorer for this group. He drew so much attention on offense. Uh, so you're going to have to replace that now. Um, and that's those are big shoes to fill. And we'll see, you know, who they bring in via the transfer portal, who they have currently on the roster to try and offset um, the the loss of, of Mike Miles if and when he goes ahead and moves on to the NBA. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall, just best of luck to Mike. I think he's going to be a good, a good pro. Um, I hope he's healthy. I hope he's ready to, you know, shine in those workouts and um, get the attention of NBA scouts. And I think similar to Desmond Bain, he has a chance to be a really, really good NBA player. Um, some more TCU basketball news. Uh, P.J. Haggerty, who will be a freshman in the fall and will be coming in um, as part of the next TCU recruiting class. He plays at Crosby High School in Houston, and he was named the Houston Region Player of the Year. Um, he got the Guy V. Lewis Award. Uh, so this is huge. I mean, Houston is a hotbed for basketball. It's where um, arguably the best basketball is played in the state. Uh, I know some people in the Metroplex will have an argument about that, but um, there's some really good players, really good teams over there. And for PJ to stand out, uh, you know, above the rest of them is is super impressive. I'm excited for him to uh, get on campus. He's a scorer, you know, he's somebody that can go score the basketball. So that's a uh, that's a huge deal. I don't know if I've mentioned it this week. Fran Farabello hit the transfer portal, so best of luck to him. Um, he'll be moving on. So. Chuck O'Bannon, I'm assuming, is gone. Fran Farabello moving on. It appears Mike Miles 
also moving on. P.J. Haggerty coming in, and he wins the uh, Guy V. Lewis Award for the Houston High School Player of the Year. Um, all right, before we go, TCU baseball. My goodness, uh, just a, a tough week so far. You know, they hosted ACU on Tuesday, and um, Abilene Christian pitched the ball really well. Uh, they just stifled TCU's bats, won the game 6-2, to and the Frogs were never really in it. I mean, um, you know, had an early lead in that one, gave up that lead, and then didn't really recover. Um, and then last night against UTSA, just a brutal game. Lose 12-8, to four errors, uh, a really tough game on defense, not pitching well. This team's pitching depth is, is struggling right now. The bullpen is not great. Um, you know, you're not using your top arms, obviously, on a Tuesday and Wednesday night. But still, the fact that you can't even split a couple games at home, it's pretty concerning. Now, ultimately, you play West Virginia this weekend. If you go out there and get a sweep or take two out of three from the Mountaineers, then you're feeling pretty good about things, and it doesn't matter. And they hadn't dropped the midweek game before Tuesday night. And you know, these things happen. It's just concerning that it's happened in back-to-back days. And I think my biggest um, – alarm bell that went off in the mind is just the fact that you get beat by ACU 6-2 to two on a Tuesday night. You have a chance to come back out on Wednesday and uh, right the ship, and you just don't come out with much energy. I mean, um, just to be plain and simple and honest about it, it was a team that did not look inspired, that was struggling, that made a lot of errors on defense, that did not look focused, um, and that sits, that doesn't sit right with me. I mean, that's just that's not great. So, uh, you know, Kirk's are loose. It's the second time this year they've kind of hit a lull. They had that rough series against Kentucky and then lost a midweek game to Louisville, and they responded really well to that. I mean, they bounced back. They swept Army, even though, you know, they were behind in a lot of those games. They found a way to win, and then they've gone and they've won, you know, a series against Baylor. They've swept Kansas State. So now we'll see how they respond to this adversity as well self-inflicted adversity um and yeah we'll see how they do against west virginia that'll do it for locked on horn frogs today we'll talk again tomorrow i'm steven simcox thank you